Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Do you ever talk with someone and it just feels like they are one of your longtime besties? That is how I felt while chatting with Amber Harper in today's episode. I'm so excited for you to, to get to hear everything that we talked about. Amber's going to share her story, how she was a teacher, and she kind of felt like her personality was a little bit different from some of her teammates and maybe some admin, how she transitioned to work for a company and then transitioned into educational consulting. She trains teachers and schools in a variety of ways. You're also going to hear us talk about a lot of different things. We talk about different types of teacher burnout, embracing your personal path, a culture of perfectionism that's had among teachers and that sometimes holds us back from going on or doing more. We're also going to talk about how you do not need to feel guilty for exploring other opportunities. You are not a bad person if you have dreams, needs, and aspirations. You're also going to hear her share how sometimes, maybe on the outside, you might appear like you have it all together, but on the inside, you know you need to be somewhere else or doing something else. We also talk about how there are different teacher personalities. Some people are very content in the classroom continuously, and others are ready to grow. Regardless of where you are, what you're doing, how you're feeling, we want you to feel like you have complete freedom and encouragement, cheerleaders here for you, to be intentional about your own journey. We're also going to touch just a little bit on some of the pros and cons about owning your own company if you want any insights into that. So let's help you go from wherever you are to get to where you want to be and be at a better place in this episode. Before we jump into today's episode, I also want to give you a sneak peek at what's going on inside of our membership. So we just had one of our live group Q&A calls and coaching calls. We talked about everything from how to become a trainer, how to work as a contractor, how to work on your portfolios and specific questions that people had with those, and identifying which jobs you'd actually be interested in doing, how to really find the field and the next steps that match you personally. Okay. Now with members that are at our gold level membership, right, we've got our basic membership that's access to thousands of dollars worth of on-demand resources, as well as those live group Q&A calls. But for those who want individualized, personalized feedback and help right away, we have that as well. So one teacher recently signed up for this, and here is part of her email and what what we did together this week. She said, I've been in the course, she's referring to the instructional design course, I've been in the course for a while, but finally just started getting serious. This will be my last year and I'm going to do everything in my power to land a job before I go. And I know being in your course and getting the gold membership will do that for me. Okay. She then attached her resume and she sent a link to a current job posting that she really wants. So then 
by the next day without needing to wait for our schedules to magically align and to have a Zoom call, but to get her quick feedback. By the next day, I was able to send her a video showing her on the screen. Okay, here's the job description. Here's your resume. Here's what's in the course. And then give her personalized coaching and very clear next steps of what she needs to focus on, what she needs to do, and what she needs to adjust, not just in her resume, but really her next steps of what she needs to do to be able to apply to and land this job sooner rather than later. Okay. So if you need any of this kind of support at a group level or at a personalized level, I want you to just know that we are here for you and let's expedite your progress whenever you're ready. You're always able to join that. It's at teachertransition.com forward slash member. But without any further waiting, let's go ahead and hop into today's episode with Amber. While recording this episode, we had a tech glitch with the audio quality. So you're going to notice the audio quality is not as good as our regular episodes, but the content is golden. So we're sharing it anyway. Amber, I'm so excited to have you on today's episode. I'm so excited to be here. Thank Uh, you so much. I feel like this has been a long time waiting. I've been looking forward to chatting for so, so, so long and following what you do for such a long time. So yeah. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I love what you do too. We, it's like, we're destined to talk. We have, we have that, you know, that service heart to help teachers. So I'm just so excited to have this conversation today. Well said, it really is like a desire to to help teachers in a variety of ways. Uh, For anyone listening to this or watching this on our YouTube channel or listening on our podcast, Amber helps teachers who are experiencing burnout and those who want to prevent it. And she does so much more in school settings and in an online setting. So, but today we especially get to hear Amber's story and how this all came about and her personal path and her teacher transition story. So Amber, tell us, what did you teach as a teacher? So I started teaching back in 2007 and I started actually by, I I got really lucky. I graduated in December of 2006 and then I got hired um, to take over a classroom for a teacher who was actually doing her own transition to a different position and uh, took over her fifth grade classroom for the rest of that school year, and then got my own classroom the following year in first grade. I taught first, second, then third, and then went back to first. After, and I can tell you about this transition where I, from burnout, and I wanted something more, I took a risk and it did not go the way that I had hoped or planned. And that's when I landed back in first grade at a different district for a couple more years. Can you tell us a little bit about that risk that you took? Sure. Yeah. So in uh, 2014, I was, I, I went into that school year and I, and I've told, you know, I've told my, my burnout story so many times. And part of it is really the fact that from that first year in 2007, when I got my first classroom, I started burnout right away. I started riding that roller coaster. It was just an awful experience with a a team that was just not a good fit for me because I'm a dreamer. I'm futuristic. I'm a collaborator. I get excited and they didn't want any of that. And my mentor was also very, um, just not a good fit <laughs> for lack of a better term is not a good fit. She tried to put me in that box and I'm just not, that's not who I am. And, uh, 
but I, I, we were so lucky at that district, that school, my husband taught in the same school, the, the literal same building. Our daughter went to school in that, through that district as well. So it was a great experience. We had a lot to be grateful for, but it was just, it was a lot of that roller coaster. I'd be okay. And then I would, you know, ride that roller coaster over and over again. And it just turned out after a few years that I was like, this is enough. Like I clearly need to grow. I had my, I got my master's degree in 2013 and I, I knew I didn't want to be a principal, but I didn't know what I wanted. I knew I didn't want to be in the classroom for my entire teaching career, but I could not answer the question. Well, what do you want to do? I just didn't, I just didn't know. And I had all those nasty conversations with myself. Like, how could you be so ungrateful? You're a great teacher. Your students love you, you know, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate. Like, parents wanted me to have their kids. I was a really good teacher and I loved teaching, but it, for some reason, there was just something in me that said, there's something more, there's something more. And I kept having that inner dialogue. This is all there is for you that you went to school to be a teacher. This is what you will do. This is all there is for you. And I don't say that in a way that like, you're just a teacher. That's, that's not what I'm saying. This isn't a place of judging the profession for me. I just knew there was something else, but I could not verbalize what it was because I didn't know. So there was a position in 2014 um, at the very end of the year. This came about in November and I was searching. I, I had opened up to the universe that, you know, I'm just going to see what's out there, see how it feels. And this position came about for an uh, executive director of a nonprofit that was an educational nonprofit in our local community. And I was like, this is perfect. I get to be a leader, but I don't have to be a principal and I get to still be in education. I get, I still get to work in my, in the school district, you know, because the, the nonprofit, I won't go into all the details, but they did after school programs and adult education and things like that. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. Ali, I was there long enough to close it down. They just, the executive director had been retiring. They were in an awful financial position and they thought that hiring someone new was just going to turn it all around. And there was no going back. There was no going back. And that was a huge disappointment because I looked at it as a springboard into other, you know, I was just looking at it as, wow, that I get to be in leadership and I get to learn about running a business. Like, this is so cool. And it was just nothing that I thought that it would be. It was just all downhill from the moment I started. Wow. And then what do I do? You know, where do I go from here? It was, I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I, so I told myself the story, well, there's nothing else for me to do. I will just go back into the classroom. So that's what I did. I went to a different district and taught first grade again. And, um, that was really hard, yeah. but I think if that didn't, if it proved nothing else, it's that everything is Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable mm -hmm. and nothing that we do when, when we make a change is without a small amount of risk, but if it doesn't go the way that we want, we'll figure it out. And it was okay. And actually the principal, that's the school that I went and taught at after that experience, he contacted me. I didn't even apply for it until after he contacted me. So it was, it was fine. It all worked out. And if that ha experience hadn't have happened, I would never have, I don't know if I ever would have created burned in teacher yeah. because it was at that time and all of those, in all of those um, transitions from all of the places I was driving, I started listening to podcasts and I started, I got addicted to this podcast called Pat smart passive income from Pat Flynn. And I got introduced to people like Amy Porterfield and, um, and I was just 
hooked on this idea of online education, like starting your own online business. I was like, what is this? And I never, and I, and then I was like, I'm going to start one, but what is it going to be? And I didn't know. I couldn't answer that question either. So it's, it's moments like that where you take those risks and it doesn't go where you thought it was going to go, but it ends up being so much better. Yeah, man. I I'm sitting here in a little bit of odd that so many aspects on our paths are the same the year that we started teaching and then 2014 mm. transitioning and mm-hmm. Pat Flynn's podcast being one of the first things I that I heard and came across <laughs> where I'm like oh cool like maybe I should do this and I remember the first time that I listened to your podcast I was like mm. oh my gosh like her intro and outro and everything it's like perfection it's so it's so good <laughs> I was like, you know I just modeled it after people that I had listened to their podcast. I'm like, okay, theirs has this background music and they say something like this. So that's what I'm going to do, which is really my stance on burnout. Burnout is an opportunity. It's a call for change. And um, I think too often we tell ourselves, you know, I can't change this. There's nothing I can do. And that's not true. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. So true. in so many different regards. I see Speaking of podcasts and starting something new, whether mm-hmm. it's a job or a podcast or educational consulting and helping and training teachers, I see one of the common similarities in a ton of the teachers that I work with is perfectionism. Mm. And I feel mm-hmm. like that feeds, that just fuels the fire with burnout of, I need to do everything possible for the students. I need like mm-hmm. all of the ideas that come to mind. I, I've got to tackle them all. Everything that's asked of me from this person, that person, whether it be administration, parents, whatever, I, I've got to do it all. And so the way that I see perfectionism play out with a lot of teachers that I work with is, you know, I don't know the end of the story of like what job I could have, what opportunities might open up if it is educational consulting or instructional design or working for an education company or mm-hmm. a nonprofit organization or something that's inside or outside of the education sector or starting their own thing, not knowing like 35 steps from now sometimes prevents teachers from even taking the first step, even if it is just absolutely signing up for something that might be helpful. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, you know, there's, like I said, there's a small amount of risk in everything that you do, but if nothing else, if, if it's, just exploring other opportunities and seeing how it feels. That's when I talk to teachers who are what I call burned and bored, and they're looking for a change, which is definitely where I was at that point in my career, whenever I was searching is that you're not going to lose your job by jumping on a job searching website and seeing what looks interesting to you. And what's really, what's really funny is that when, when we're talking about burnout and then, you know, the possible um, transition that may need to happen, um, to another position in education or outside of education. It's really about thinking about what you like and what, what you're not even just what you're good at, but what you think you could become good at because it's interesting to you. Um, when I, when I work with teachers that are really struggling with burnout, they don't even know what they like. They have, beaten them. They have disempowered themselves to such a state where they don't think that they're good at anything because of whether it's the perfectionism or just negative self-talk where they don't think that there's a possibility that they could even love teaching again, which is also not true. Um, if you, if that is your goal, then 
we need to work through whatever is keeping you from allowing yourself to love teaching again. And maybe those are those stories you're telling yourself about what grade level you're in or, or that you have to stay in that school, that toxic culture that that school is providing, whatever it is, everybody's story is different. It's definitely just that knowing, having clarity and clarity gets there's no room for clarity when you're overwhelmed and when you're telling yourself that everything has to be perfect and that you don't have time. Oh, gosh, well said. I feel like, you know, if a teacher is at the very beginning phases of burnout and starting to recognize a little bit of the angst or mixed feelings, that kind of meh feeling, that's one mm-hmm. phase. Someone allows that to continue to persist year after year. And if they feel helpless, like I can't do anything about it, so they don't do anything about it. What do you see, or do you see any differences between people that are at the beginning of that and those who've experienced that for maybe eight years or, or 15 years in yeah. maybe a sense of helplessness or um, kind of mm-hmm. empowered, proactive? What, what do you see that's similar with the teachers that you work with? And yeah. what do you recommend for people in different stages? That's a really good question. So I'm looking above the computer right now because I have in front of me, I have a burned in teacher success roadmap and I have six stages of burnout. There are six stages. So once, so I have a burnout quiz. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it helps you to determine what type of burnout you're struggling with. And so a lot of people that you are probably working with are people who are burned and bored, who seem to have it all together, but they just need a challenge a lot like where I was in 2014. I knew I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know what that was. And I was just, I seemingly had it all together great relationships. I wasn't working all hours of the day. I had a great family, lived two minutes away from the school, all these great things. Um, but I was just miserable. I would go home and cry. Like, I can't keep doing this, but it was, it was just, it was because of the stories I was telling myself, or you may work with a lot of people who are like, you just said, like that super negative, apathetic, like, I'm just so over this. I cannot, I cannot go another day into that building. You know, maybe they're struggling with relationships or whatnot. Um, that's burned and over it or burned and burned and unbalanced being that this is just too much. I cannot continue to work 70 plus hours a week and see no return on my time investment. I'm just going to go do it all again next week, you know? So once they take that quiz, you can identify yourself through, I have like this little ebook that kind of has different things you might be saying, thinking, and doing. And that stage zero is where you are completely isolated. You're probably not searching for anything. Um, you, you really feel like your only option is to quit That's stage zero. Like you are just so consumed by negativity, apathy, that negative self-talk stage one is where you know that something needs to change, but you feel guilty. You're telling yourself you're a bad person. How dare you feel this way? Um, you're blaming everybody else for your hardships. You're, you're not wearing, you're not taking any of the responsibility, which I look at where I was in 2014. I was blaming everybody else for my misery. I was blaming my principal. I was, you know, I was blaming politicians and the bureaucrat, you know, all of that stuff. I didn't, I didn't put any of that responsibility on myself, which is not a good place to be because you are 100% responsible for your life. And and I remember being in the stage of, oh, but my district's not providing me with the opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of teachers can feel like, I want to grow and there's this one position in our district to do fill in the blank. And mm-hmm. I'd be really great at fill in the blank, but they're not mm-hmm. giving me that opportunity. Cause, and, and I yeah. was one of those where I'm like, I really want huh? something. There's one position in yeah. thousands 
of teachers that yeah. you know what I mean, at least yes. teaching. And so, but then having the perspective, you know, opening my perspective to it's not my district's responsibility to give me opportunities. Districts that give their teachers opportunities to expand and grow have less turnover. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and research mm-hmm. does that really, really clearly, not only in education, but in, in other sectors as well for development and growth. But if that's not how a district's structured, then like I could I shouldn't expect it of them. You know, so so right. by taking responsibility for one's own future path, it's kind of a different mm-hmm. I almost want to say maturity level, even though I know I know people don't want to hear it like that, but it's like we need to own our own path. Yeah. If well, we here's the thing. So yes. And I don't mean to interrupt you with you too about, but no, no, you're not at all. Cause it, it, it's an important thing to, to do uh, or to, to bring up is that people like you and I, who are coaches. Okay. I compare it to my daughter who she hurt her elbow. She wanted to go to the doctor. It had been bothering her for months. She wanted, she, she asked me, and this was perfect because we were in quarantine and she wasn't having practice anyway for cheerleading. So we're like, okay, we'll go to the doctor. So I called the doctor and they were like, listen, Amber, we could have you bring her in. They're just going to have you go do an x-ray. So we're just going to send you get an x-ray. So we go to this, we go to the, um, orthostat and they do an x-ray. There's nothing showing up. What we think is she's hyperextending. So she needs some physical therapy. So she's going to have to come back and, and, you know, we'll do some, some therapy sessions. And this was right before, um, this was just a few weeks ago. She was pissed. She did not want to go to physical therapy. And do you know why she wanted a magic pill? I don't know if she just, I think she would have been happy with a shot. Like, just give me this quick, tell me to take a pill. She didn't want to do the work. And that's where you and I, as coaches, we're going to ask you to do some things that you don't want to do because you have to, in order to get different results, there's no magic pill for changing your life. You can't just wish it out into the universe. And then it comes to you. Now there is some, you know, law of attraction and things like that, but you can't do those things without putting some work behind it. And that's the difference between a coach and a therapist. A therapist will help you heal from your past. A coach is going to help you to create your future if you want it bad enough. And so I used to be that way too, Allie, where I'm like, I don't know if I should say this because I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's not about feelings. It's not about judgment. It's about action. And it's about saying, if you want it bad enough, you're going to have to do some scary things. And, you know, in, in the situation where if that district is only, it has that one opportunity and they, that you continue to be looked over and you know that you would be really good at something like that, you can't rely on that one district. And really it's not their fault. They only have that one opportunity. It just is what it is. And, you know, there are some very small districts out there that it doesn't come up very often, you know, to have those opportunities. So that's where you have to say, if I want it bad enough, I'm gonna have to look somewhere else and take a you know, take a scary action. So that's where I've kind of deemed just even in the last few weeks, like Vernon teacher is the no judgment zone of teacher communities. Like there's no judgment here. Like I don't say anything. I don't bring up anything to make you feel bad, but you have to question yourself. And you said that level of maturity, it's also a level of self-awareness, which is something I did not have back in 2007. Um, I didn't know that by me bringing up all these ideas that I was coming across as bossy and step on toes. I didn't, I wasn't trying to do that, but I know now because I've had conversations and I've gone through my own practice that I could come across as really aggressive when I'm just trying to be progressive, 
And <laughs> so I need to do some self-checking in that. Yeah. Yeah. And having, you mentioned earlier, having a good team fit. I know some yeah. teachers work with, they're like, well, I have these innovative ideas and, and my team yeah. just wants to do everything that's photocopied and they've been doing for this many years. And it's like, okay, these are, these are different personalities. These are different yeah. fits. Let's talk about pros and cons and options and strategies and routes, mm-hmm. you know, different ways that you can take it. So, yeah. 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 So I can't remember how we got on the topic of that, but we're on the uh, roadmap. Do you want to see? Yeah. yeah. So typically where, when somebody takes that quiz, um, they have, they are searching or somebody has recommended it to them and right away here, cause you, you asked about, you know, if there were different, um, different, if I see a difference in the amount of years that someone is struggling, I don't know if in this case, it really matters how long you've been suffering. I think it's what you do with it. And when, when you have hit, hit rock bottom and said enough is enough, you know, and for some people that's years and pain is the trigger to, to action. You know, when you feel enough pain, you will either stay there because it's easier than doing something different and hearing things you don't want to hear and being told to do things that you don't want to do because it's uncomfortable. Um, or you will say, I can't take this pain any longer, which is where I was. I will not live here anymore, metaphorically. And, and literally, I didn't want to live where I was literally living. So we moved because I was like, this place is dragging me down. Anyway, so stage two is where when you take that quiz, you're automatically, you could go from a stage zero or one to two just by hitting submit and taking that quiz. It's super quick. It's like six questions because you're validated. That's what I lacked so much when I was going through these challenges by myself, other than coming home and crying to my husband and him being like, I don't care what you do. You're a good teacher. You know, you're a good teacher, but do whatever you got to do. Cause this is not okay. <laughs> But I didn't feel validated. I felt crazy. I felt like a bad person. I felt like a bad teacher, a bad human being for feeling the way that I was feeling. But when I finally started diving into the self-help sector, read Tony Robbins's book, started reading Seven Habits. I had never heard of Seven Habits. Of, I've never heard of that book ever. I How love did I not? Habits and I yeah. work for their education division of leading. Oh my gosh. I, I didn't even know. Look at this. These are all self-help books. Okay. My friend, this is because it matters. It matters to me so much because I was validated finally by um, just being an activator. I, I learned that's one of my top strengths is activator. I had to activate myself and, and educate myself. And then after that stage three is where you're not just validated, but you're activated and you actually start trying things different. You start maybe having those hard conversations, maybe admitting that you were wrong, maybe admitting that this is not the right place for you or the right grade level or even the right profession. But this is where you start to say, okay, I'm going to just start to start seeking some things. I'm going to start exploring these ideas. So stage four then, and I'm kind of going quickly through these because it does not happen. It doesn't happen by just reading through them, right? It's going to take days, weeks. Well, the stage that you're talking about, about exploring ideas, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, a person doesn't need to feel guilty mm-hmm. for exploring ideas mm-hmm. and you don't have to feel like you're being disloyal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's about your path. Yeah. And so it's not just about your past. Yeah. So, yes, anyway. absolutely. Well, it's interesting too, because there are teachers who they were born wanting to be a teacher and they have their classroom and this is all they want to do. I am 
there's almost a part of me that's jealous for that contentment that you just, you roll with the, my, my husband is like that. He will roll with the punches and he let, he's like a duck. He lets things roll off his back. He's like, this is not going to touch me. I'm going to, I'm doing the best that I can. And I love what I do. And you know, there are days that are hard, but, but there, there are, you know, Tony Robbins even says that there needs to be a certain level of predict, uh, predictability about your, your day in your life, but there also needs to be a certain level of the unknown, where you don't, you don't know what's to come because otherwise you're bored or you're overwhelmed. Like, you know, and, and that, that's where that chaos ensues. But so once you start to seek and, and think about, you know, how does this feel when I talk about this? And that's what I, you know, encourage people to just talk about it, see how it feels, you know, and this is where you'll learn what type of people you're surrounding yourself with. If you are surrounding yourself with crabs that are continuing to drag you down, or if you're surrounding yourself with people who want to build you up and, and help you to achieve your goals and dreams, even if you don't know what they are. And in stage four, this is where it's called build your fire. And this is where you are not only taking random actions and just dabbling and trying things, but you know, for sure, this is what I want. And this is where I'm going to put my attention. And this is where I'm going to be intentional about my, about my daily actions. And this is where you're setting goals and you're breaking them down and, and moving toward them slowly every day. Um, this is not about a new year's resolution. This is about a life revolution, right? Like this is about you saying, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to go for. Um, and it's not about burning bridges and, you know, it's not about doing any of that. It's about saying, you know, this is what I, this is what I want. And this is what happened in 2016 is, and I created these stages long after I went through this for myself. And I just, I just used my own experiences and my, you know, research. I decided I wanted to become a, a Google certified educator and trainer. And I didn't know where it was going to lead me. I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew that that's what I wanted. That was the challenge that I wanted to present to myself and, I ended up becoming all of that leading workshops. I still do it to this day. And, um, and I became, became a Google certified innovator as well with burned in teacher as my, as my project. So that all started in 2016 and that all leads to this idea of stage five, which when people ask me what a burned in teacher is, I can't tell them what a burned in teacher is without saying what it isn't and what, you know, all that work that goes into it, because it's not a, you know, sleep on it one night and you've, you've been changed. A burn-in teacher is empowered. They know their path. They know their people. They know their mission. They know their goals. They know that they're not going to have a perfect day, you know, rainbows and sunshine every day, but they know where they're going and they're intentional about their journey and they're going to make mistakes, but they surround themselves with people that say, it's okay. That sucked. That didn't go the way you wanted. Let's keep moving. And they're really thinking too, about how they're going to share their story with others and show hope to others that you know, it looks like you're having a hard time. Let me tell you my story and let you know that this is not always where I was. And, you know, they're thinking about how grateful they are for that burnout, even because it was a chance for them to grow and to, um, and to change the trajectory of their life. And, and what I tell people too, is if your goal is to love teaching second grade again, that is a perfectly admirable goal. There's something off that we need to address. Maybe it's teaching second grade in a different building or, you know, learning something new, taking some risks, that kind of thing. Um, but if your goal is in fact to leave education, that's okay too, you know, but um, we still, I, I'm going to tell you and Allie, you can probably attest to this too, that, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows outside of education. There are a lot of really challenging professions out there and even working for yourself. I, you know, I work for myself now. There are a lot of days that they suck. 
Yeah. It, there are a lot of cons to working by yourself and starting your own business. It is not all what you see in movies and, and things like that. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of frustration. Like you think it's hard to be told, you know, there are some teachers, unfortunately, they're told like with the script of like what you have to do every day for every subject. It is just as hard when you have wide open space and you have no idea where to go. Right. And no training. No training, like you're figuring it out and there's, that's empowering, but it's also so frustrating because it's like, I just want that magic pill. Mm -hmm. I just want someone to tell me what to do and I want it to work. And then you do these things that you, yeah, right. Have it successful or not. And yes, complete ownership for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How successful it is. Yeah. And professional development is one's own choice. You know, it's like all self-initiated. Not, yeah. Here's your professional development meeting. Even if it's on a topic that you don't really care about or want mm-hmm. to develop it, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, as, as your own business, you get to choose what it is or choose to not have it, but, right. but the benefits or consequences are hundred percent. on. yeah. Right. right. So, um, so in, in reference to your question about, you know, whether I see a difference in people who have been struggling for, you know, 10 years, as opposed to 10 months, I think it's, I think it's really relative. I think people's ability to tolerate is different. I think that it depends a lot on the person. The bottom line is that no one deserves to suffer in isolation ever anybody. And I just had a conversation with Andrew Murata the other night. And I said, you know, I work with the teachers that other people have tossed aside as they are just, they're so burned out. They're so negative. They're just, just ignore them. Those are some of the teachers that I work with are those teachers. And it's no different than working with a student who's been tossed aside because they have poor behavior or poor home life. They are hurting. They are hurt. It almost, it makes me emotional. They are hurting and they have not felt empowered or heard or seen for so long that they feel worthless. And those thoughts are going to come through in their words and actions and daily habits. And that will become their destiny if somebody doesn't show up for them and say, it's okay that you're extremely negative right now. You can choose to visit this. We can choose to look at this as a place, as a part of your life. Or we can say, we're not going to park here. We're going to pick up and move on and grow through this. Um, And we're going to have some self-awareness talk and we're going to have some goal talk and we're going to have to have some good old fashioned, you know, let it all out. What do you want? And this is where it comes up so many times. I don't even know what I want. I haven't thought about what I enjoy or what I would do with the time if I had it. You know, that is, that's really sad. Yeah. I was, have you seen the movie soul? No, but I'm right. Oh my gosh. Allie. (laughs) I sobbed at a part of this movie because this is, this is where so many people are. They're, they're a lost soul. They're so, it's so heavy what they have been bearing in their own personal life. And now we have COVID and all of this social unrest that it just, it weighs you down. You lose who you are. You lose your identity. And this is, this is about more than being a teacher. I mean, it's just everything. And, um, everybody deserves a chance to do what they want. 
um, and to do what lights them up and to enjoy what they do most days. There's no perfect profession out there, but um, everybody deserves a chance and they deserve to have their voice heard without judgment. I agree completely. And wow, that without judgment part, you know, I think for a lot of teachers, I do see with a lot of teachers, especially those who always dreamed of becoming a teacher. You know, I remember being like in second grade and I had this little school desk in my bedroom and a little place where I play school. And my, both of my parents were teachers and I definitely always, always planned on being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people who've always envisioned that, and it's been their life plan, Mm -hmm. then when they get to a point where they're like, wait a second, if, if you've read the book, who moved my cheese or, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, now I'm actually like, this has always been my dream, but now I'm having more dreams. Yeah. You no, know, like, is it okay to let myself dream? Or a lot of people feel guilt. And if they're not happy in a classroom, a lot of people feel guilt about not being happy. Like you said, mm -hmm. and I love how you described, you know, how you said, sometimes I'm almost envious of, or that you have been envious at times of people who are content uh -huh. with continuing to be in the classroom. Right. I just really, I've, I've definitely seen with myself and with so many others that a lot of things relate with trajectory. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes some of us like a different growth curve or a steeper incline or mm -hmm. new horizons some of us like to implement things in our classrooms more quickly. Maybe it's ed tech, maybe it's new curriculum, maybe it's developing the curriculum, maybe it's training on the curriculum. Like, yeah, I really believe that, oh, some of those things are, are God given. And some of those things are just innate uh -huh. and strengths and desires and passions. Yeah. And we fuel like our soul in a way mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves the freedom to keep dreaming. You know, a lot of people thought, okay, I'm going to major in this when they're, you know, 19 or 20, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, here's what I'll study. Mm -hmm. but you're not always 19 and 20. And it's so great to keep, keep growing. 100%. Yeah. And if, if inside of a classroom is the best place for that, for teachers, I always encourage it. And if outside of the classroom is the best place for teachers, but I always encourage it. It's more so about following one's own path. Absolutely. Happiness and, and yeah, and fulfillment. Well, and allowing yourself to be open to that, to that possible transition. Yeah, um, I think too, I think, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to like quote Disney movies. Okay. <laughs> but it spoke to me so much. There's a difference between a spark and a purpose. Something can spark your attention and spark your love for something. Right. But that doesn't mean that you have to attach yourself to that you know, to what you're doing now, you, you don't have to make that your identity. Um, and I think that's what's happened to education in general. And I think that's being flipped on its head right now is that you are a teacher. You were born to be a teacher. You will give of yourselves. And we've been fed that for decades and decades, right? Um, and education, by the way, was never a profession that was meant to be sustainable. It wasn't, it was never created to be that you were supposed to be a single woman who did not get married. And if you did, you left teaching, like it was, we won't get into all of that. But for me, I have really changed my perspective over the last, you know, even six months of, of that. I have to be the person I want to be now in order to do the things that I would need to do to have what I want. I can't say I'm going to be happy when, or I'm going to get healthy 
when I will, ha- when I have more time, then I will prioritize my well being and my happiness. We happiness doesn't come from outside sources, it comes from inside. It comes from you saying, I'm going to sit here in this moment and just enjoy it. You know, I'm going to go for that walk this morning in the sunshine because I can. And I'm so grateful to be able to do that. You know, um, I can't say, oh, the sun's up. I'm going to wait until spring. I'm just going to be miserable and unhappy. That's how I used to face winter because I hate winter. <laughs> but I used to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get through this winter. And if that, if I'm coming from that place, I am going to feel like I'm just surviving winter all winter. And I know that's a really kind of silly example, but but it's true. Like when we look at something from the perspective of, I'm just going to survive until the weekend. I'm going to just survive until retirement in 15 years. I'm just going to survive until spring break. And oh my gosh, no, Christmas break already came and went or winter break just came and went. Now I just have to start. Like when we go at things with that purpose of just surviving, that is who we are being. And we will do the things we need to survive. And then whenever we get to that place, we aren't going to have that happiness. We're not going to have that intent because we've not been thinking about what we wanted the whole time, which is just to, to be, you know, whatever it is you want to be. Um, and if you're looking at getting a different career, you have to think about, okay, if I want this different career, I can't wait and say, I will be happy when, because you won't be, you won't be, you'll get there and you'll go, this is it. Like, I thought this was going to going to feel different. And, um, it might in the moment, it might at first, but it's, it's, you know, everything has to come from the perspective of who do I really want to be? And this, you know, I talk about teacher brand and the burned in process and, um, who do you want to be? Who do you want to, what's your legacy? What do you want? How do you want kids and other adults? And, um, how do you want them to talk about you whenever you come up randomly in a conversation? Like, Hey, do you remember Mrs. Harper? Like, what do you want to follow that? Because that's, that's your legacy. That's what you're leaving. And whether or not you stay or leave the classroom or stay or leave education, um, that that's up to you, but it's also up to you how people remember that transition and how they remember how you treated them. You know, Maya Angelou was, was not wrong when she said, they're not going to, they're going to forget what you do and what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So you ultimately get to decide from the moment you wake up, how you're going to be that day and how you're going to face those challenges and what your next steps are going to be, whether you're staying or leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my biggest wish is that, you know, anybody, whether you're at a stage zero where you feel completely isolated and you're crying to and from school, um, or you're at a stage four where it's like, I know where I'm going. It's going to take some time, but I'm, I'm going there that you know that your voice is heard and that you're seen. And, and Allie, for that, I'm just really grateful that there are people like you, because I can't do this on my own, that are empowering people to have those conversations that say, I'm not bad. I'm not a bad person, I'm not a bad mom. And uh, you asked earlier if I left the classroom to be home with my, with my girls. No, I didn't. I left to, because I had to say no to so many opportunities as I was teaching full-time 2016 through 2018. Um, I was having to say no to workshops and, and speaking and things like that. And so I decided that I was going to say yes to one and not the other. You can't do all, you can't do everything. 
Um, and so that's where I am now. And, and who knows where this will lead? You know, this is, I know this isn't the end for me. I don't know. I don't know what's to come, you know, for Burden and teacher in the future. I know what I would like to happen. I know what I'm working toward. Um, but sometimes not all of that is completely up to me. Yeah, definitely. I think with owning your own company mm -hmm. and supporting and helping teach you, but with owning your own company, you get to be a part of the future process, but you also get to adjust it based on life mm -hmm. needs, right? Mm -hmm. I have a five month old right now. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's like, I don't really know all of the different things, but I love the life flexibility mm -hmm. that I can have to some, to some degree, but, but yeah, there are so many unknowns and it's nice to know that regardless, we get to own our own path. Yep. And yeah. maybe that's, Hey, let's go, let's go and, and teach again. For me personally, I don't think that's ever going to happen in a traditional classroom sense at all. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. But if for others it is, that's okay. But mm -hmm. Or if it's, hey, I want to go work for this company. Or if it's, mm -hmm. hey, I'm actually going to take a season and not work. Mm -hmm. No guilt. Like you yeah. said, yeah. like there's no judgment zone, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Follow sure. what is right for you. People are not judging you. Like, you know, if people are judging you, then they're not the voices to be listening to. No, they're not. They're Those not cheering you on. Mm -hmm. are the right voices and that voice inside yourself is the best voice of all. Mm -hmm. 100% couldn't have said it better. You're absolutely right. And there's nothing to say that if you think that leaving the classroom is the right move for you and you do that and you try something else, there's nothing wrong with saying, man, you know what? I actually think that the classroom is for me. And going back, I've talked to plenty of teachers that have left thinking that there was something else, you know, quote unquote, better out there for them. And then they realized, wow, you know what? I had it better. And now I know. And how are you going to know unless you try, right? Um, taking that path. Mm -hmm. and I for, for some people, I think they have a hard time thinking, well, what do I say? What conversations do I have, you know, in transitioning out? We, we have a teacher, for example, who recently um, resigned mid-year because mm -hmm. she had an opportunity with an education company. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were the questions of what do I write in my resignation letter? What do I tell my coworkers? Mm -hmm. How do I have this conversation with my students? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, here's a template for your resignation letter. Mm -hmm. And here are different options of what you could like, here's different scenarios and templates for resignation. And, and here are different things that you can say as far as, you know, an email that went out school wide and here's um, options of things, ways you could say stuff with your. Right. And she was so awesome to share, like with our community, here's how I worded it, like your screenshots or whatever. And so, you know, we need more examples of transitioning teachers mm -hmm. who share that dialogue and have that courage and most especially improve the culture mm -hmm. around options for teachers and including teachers who are like, great. Yeah. I, I, I chose to not teach for a few years mm -hmm. and I enjoyed doing X, Y, and Z. And I had great opportunities doing A, B, and C. And I learned this, that, and the other. And then my path felt right to continue and be in the classroom for a couple of years and then to do, you know, and it's like, look, it isn't about like a final destination. No. It's about a path and it's healthy, but we need to change. We need to improve the culture mm -hmm. about 
so many, so many different routes, correct routes. And I think a lot of people think, well, what about retirement? Hello, I taught for seven years mm-hmm. and I still get emails for yeah. my retirement system. <laughs> right. so like, growing like in the reserve. It's like, you can't pull it out till you're 65, but it's not, you know, if someone's like, well, I, I won't get my retirement. If you're in the US and if you're vested into the pension or, or retirement system, you get it. Like yeah, you get it. Get it. It's just, yeah. It just keeps growing at different amounts anyway. And so but I think yeah. there's so much misunderstanding. So we'll have a future episode on, on that. So people don't feel like, well, I have to wait for retirement. It's like, I'm not, I didn't wait for retirement and I'm still going to get it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> right. So, well, and that's, that's the whole thing about starting your own business too, is that you don't have people saving for your retirement for you. So you have to continue to think about that yourself. Um, and that's, that's scary. That's a, that's a risk in itself, but it just takes, it's that calculated risk taking, you know, it's not the knee jerk, you know, before I left the classroom, I had a lot of conversations with my husband, like, what's my MVI? What do I need to bring in per month? to continue to, cause I want to contribute to the family. You know, I want to continue to be able to travel with them. And, you know, that's, that's part of what we love to do. That's part of our core values as a family is we, we travel together. Um, so those are all conversations that just have to come with being validated, being activated and being intentional about where you want to go. Um, but that all starts with knowing it's okay that you want to make a change right now, but what do you want? And be honest. Don't tell people what you think they want to hear. Be honest about what you want because you're you're always going to be fighting that battle with yourself if you don't get it out into the open and have conversations with people that are going to um, support you in that. So true. And for a lot of teachers, you know, if anyone's listening to this and if you have any awareness that you're, you tend to somewhat, sometimes maybe be a people pleaser, mm-hmm. you need to step away from that for a little bit yeah. and maybe journal for a little bit but really brainstorm to yourself, like, what do you want? And really brainstorm to yourself, you know, if, if someone's in our membership or in the find your next job course, they know like, here's how to brainstorm your, your top strengths, your top interests, your top skills. Here's the research-based resources and surveys that help you identify the greatest fields, the greatest roles, the greatest mm. opportunities that's gonna relate with all that and really build on all the skills that you've developed for years in the classroom. So that you're not just doing something random, but so many things, but I love how you, yeah, invited people to really look at mm-hmm. what are you most interested in doing? So mm-hmm. Amber, thank you so much, not only for being in this episode and you know, I've just wanted to chat for so long. So I'm so glad we got to do this, but thanks for your needed influence for teaching this thank you. space. And, and I know it's not always easy to like yeah. run your company and to figure out how to do all of this. <laughs> so, so thanks for your example. And yeah, you bring a lot of light to a community that really needs it. So. Oh, thank you. You too. I'm so glad that we connected. Me too. We will link to your resources and the quiz and everything that you mentioned in our show notes and everyone can find that at teachertransition.com forward slash podcast. And so we'll have that there. Hey, thanks thank so much. You. Okay. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. 
Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.